Welcome back to the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. Yay, here we are. If you're watching the replay or on YouTube, thanks so much for being a part of the Menopause Movement. I appreciate you. Today, we welcome Megan Nolan to the podcast. Megan is a personal trainer and yoga instructor with over 15 years experience. She is on a mission to help busy entrepreneurs commit to a consistent yoga practice so they are vibrantly energized and taking empowered action toward their big dreams. During the podcast, we talk about yoga at my desk, strength and flexibility, stories behind the yoga poses, what happens when we sit, especially for long periods of time? How to create a pattern interrupt? Aligning the body and what that means? The importance of warming up? When to stretch, the best time to stretch? The primary function of yoga. Now, at the end of the episode, make sure you visit drmichellegordon.com forward slash podcast where you can find the show notes plus the links to the books and resources mentioned in the episode. And if you enjoy this episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you are always the first to know when each episode is released. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for all of the five-star reviews. If you haven't left a review yet, please take the time to review the podcast. This helps more women to find it and get the help they need during the disruption of menopause. No one should have to go it alone. And thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. I'm excited and I appreciate you so much. And here we are. Let's go to Megan. So Megan, welcome to the menopause movement podcast. I'm, I'm glad you're here. You live in Hawaii, right? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah but you're Canadian? Correct. Okay. <laughs> I was born in the U.S., so I'm legally allowed to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I just, I didn't know this, only just from listening to you talk. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so I guess I guess that you were Canadian based on, based on how you said a couple of words, just from our first encounter here. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My, both my parents are Canadian, so I was raised in Ontario, Canada. And then lived most of my life there. And then when I graduated university, moved to British Columbia, and yeah. then out to Hawaii and kind of been here ever since. Where are you in Hawaii? Maui. You're in Maui. Maui's nice. Mm -hmm. So tell me this. I want to know, you know, who, who, who do you serve? And, you know, what do you do? And let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So pre-COVID, I was mostly working with local businesses and going in and doing yoga at work sessions and workshops. So mm. for example, I work with Maui Electric and the County of Maui, a variety of different financial institutions, going in and helping their team come together and have a yoga session, 20 minutes typically. We do it like at the beginning or midpoint of the day, just to kind of give them a chance to reset. And so that's been a really fun experience. You know, I've taught yoga inside all of the power plants here on Maui, so that's been... <laughs> Quite funny. <laughs> yeah. And then through that, I developed my online program, which is called Yoga at My Desk. And so uh. I have been serving people with that. And so what I really have been loving to do is specifically help female home-based online entrepreneurs commit to a consistent yoga practice so that they are 
vibrantly energized and feeling empowered and charging after their dreams because I love supporting people in that mission. And that's the way that I can support people is to help them be as healthy and happy as possible throughout the journey. But then ultimately when they get to their massive ultimate inevitable success, that they'll be able to enjoy it and they'll not be like right. toasted, burnt out. <laughs> so it's a long game as well, but it's a daily, you know, a daily commitment to. Yeah. Work. How do you suggest that people get started with yoga? I mean, let me talk to you about my experience with yoga. About six years ago, I started with a private yoga instructor. And I was probably 60 pounds heavier than I am now. And so, like, every time she made me bend over, I couldn't breathe. Mm. <laughs> right? And so, I, I, you know, I worked with her for three or four months just doing it privately. And I really loved the end of the sessions, you know, when we're doing corpse pose. And I felt like, you know, I was getting in touch with the universe and I could do anything. And I mean, there were some really good things about it. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know, this kind of hurts. I don't really love it. I don't feel empowered, you know, so it was it was something I gave up. And so, you know, now I stretch and I exercise a lot, but I don't, you know, I run and I, I ride a bike and I do all sorts of lift, lifting and that kind of stuff. But I, I don't, don't do yoga because I, I am somebody who just, I just don't like it. I like to meditate. How do you approach somebody like me? Well, as you know, with anything, there's so many different approaches. My teacher likes to yeah. say many paths to the same mountain. Right. And so you experience one form and one expression through that particular instructor. And so there's a lot of different ways that you can approach it. And so with my background being as both a personal trainer and a yoga instructor, I like to combine both of those elements so that I bring more of that energizing essence into it so that we're activating the muscles and moving the joints into stronger alignment in more of a balanced position. So we have that both strength and flexibility. And so I like to kind of approach it from that sense. And specifically what I like to do is focus on the stories behind the poses. And it helps people really understand the depth to them a little bit more. Because a lot of times people, you know, they're like, yeah, well, this is nice. I like Shavasana at the end, corpse pose. But if they're not really understanding what they're doing or why they're doing it, it can be easy to just sort of like brush it off and if it's not feeling comfortable and you're not feeling good and you're not feeling like you're getting much out of it then you're like i don't have time for this yeah. so i really like to encourage people to take a different approach to it and begin to understand like what's really happening in your body and when you can access it on every level so you're like really feeling it physically and then i'm asking you to do these things mentally with the breath so that there's this more a fuller experience because sometimes mm -hmm. people if they're not feeling it and they're not getting much out of it then they don't really commit to it right and so you know it's not in their mind maybe not worth their time so I think I like to just offer a different perspective in and try to meet somebody with what they like and so take it down that route and see if we can flip it a little bit for you and and use different words or use different poses and change the experience yeah, that's great one of the things you put in your in your outline here is you want to talk a little bit about how sitting affects the body so let's Let's get into that. So if you're helping women like me who, you know, have a home-based business or, or maybe not home-based, but, but I mean, everybody's at home now. So everybody's on Zoom, whether they're home, you know, whether, they, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, most people are home and sitting at a desk all day or getting up in the morning and figuring out, you know, how they're going to do their routine. So let's start with that. Let's start with how sitting affects, affects the body. Well, Human beings are really designed to be in a fairly constant state of movement. And when we are constantly moving, then we have constant blood flow and muscle engagement and deep, full breathing. When we sit, we very quickly 
let's be honest, move into a slouched position. So everything starts to slow down. When we sit, we move. So if this is your body standing up and then we sit, you are, have a flex position at your hips. So the blood mm -hmm. flow starts to slow down to your legs. Your blood flow starts to slow down. Your blood pressure goes up. You are in a slouched position, which makes it difficult to breathe normally because your, your main muscle breathing, which you know, is the diaphragm. And when we're mm -hmm. slouched over like this, it's compressed and it can't do its normal full expansion, full breath. So when that happens, your vital lung capacity goes down by about 30%, which means that you are more than likely taking short and shallow breaths because you can't breathe normally with the diaphragm. So you breathe short and shallow breaths using the muscles of the neck and shoulders, which are the backup breathing muscles. Short and shallow breathing is how we breathe when we're stressed out. So maybe you are or you're not stressed, but your body gets the message like, oh, we're breathing like we're stressed, what's going on? And so it triggers fight or flight response at a low grade level. And mm -hmm. so when we're breathing in that short, shallow way, our oxygen levels are going down. So then we have less oxygen to the brain. So that's when we start to get foggy in the head, not making as great decisions. And then combine that with the fact that you're triggering stress. Plus when we sit, as I mentioned, our blood pressure starts to go up. Circulation starts to slow down. Fatty acids can accumulate in the blood, so it can make us more susceptible to gaining or maintaining weight, which is a whole other issue. So we have kind of sets the stage for what is being called sitting disease. So metabolic mm -hmm. risk factors, weight gain around the midsection, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, which is then puts us at a challenging position for many different health issues, right? So sitting you know, it's kind of part of our life. But when we learn to sit better, and when we learn to break it up, then we can reduce that effect. And that's really what you what it's so important for people to remember, because if they're like, well, I have to sit all day, what do you mean? Like, oh, no, and then I don't want I don't want to frighten you. I just want to enlighten you, if you will, sure. about, the, about the impacts of it. And so what people can do is integrate little movement breaks throughout the day, ideally, at least every hour. Because mm -hmm. when we go sitting for longer than 60 minutes, and then we start to see that all of those effects that I just mentioned, but after 90 minutes of consecutive sitting is when the issues start to really skyrocket. So if people get up and move and whatever that is, so maybe you take the dog out to go pee, or maybe, you know, you go to the bathroom or you do a little dance, you take a little yoga break, then we can start to literally lift everything back up again, you know, bring the energy back up so that you're not slouched over and scrunched over get your blood moving throughout your whole body, taking some breaths to oxygenate your system so that you can come back into stronger physical alignment, which then of course affects your mental and your emotional alignment as well, because we have that whole connection between our mind and our body. And so if we're sitting slumped over, then your body again is receiving messages like, oh, what's the matter? So we're, we're stressed out and we're breathing and we're scrunched over like we're really sad. And so we have that embodied physiology connection, right? Because our brain is sending signals to our body and our body sending signals to our brain constantly. And so it's so important that we're aware of our physical posture and, and throughout the day so that we can optimize our health. So how do you feel about those things that they're selling on Instagram for your body posture that you put on like, like a, an electrode or something? I've never seen those. I mean, I've, never, I've only seen it on Instagram. So do you think they really work? They help people. You know, it's like anything. When we first learn something, we need the reminder. And mm -hmm. I think they, they give, a, give a little like thing, <laughs> give you a little perk you up again. Because until it becomes second nature, we, yeah. we tend to go forward, you know, we're in that flexed position. So our shoulders roll forward, our head is moving forward. And so that becomes our pattern. And so until we start to do pattern interrupts and training your posture, like first thing in the morning, doing some things to get you energized and wake up the muscles specifically on the backside of your body, including your backside, 
to really mm-hmm. help to invigorate you to hold that stronger posture because that little reminder is great. But ideally, you learn to do that on your own. But we, you know, it takes time to train new habits. It does, yeah. So you use the phrase pattern interrupt. How can we incorporate more pattern interrupts, especially when it comes to reminding ourselves to get up or, you know, reminding ourselves to sit straight if we're going to be sitting? The best way to do it, I find, is to do a little session first thing in the morning. And it doesn't have to be a long time. You know, if you have five, 10 minutes to do whatever you like to do, you know, maybe that's go for a quick run or go on your bike, literally just invigorate your body. Because if you wake up, typically people sleep on their sides or they sleep in some sort of compressed position. So if we wake up and then we go right into the desk position, then we're kind of sticking in that for a lot of the day. But if we wake up and we invigorate our body again, oxygen flow, you know, boost our metabolic rate, all those good things, we're more likely to be aware of our body throughout the day. And then honestly, the best way that I've found is setting alarms on your phone because realistically like you get on your phone or sorry you get on the computer and then you're in your emails and then like two hours have gone by and you've been fighting the urge to pee for like you know half an hour Uh, so like really I find the most helpful thing is whenever I get in front of the computer is I set an alarm for 25 minutes. And then when the 25 minutes goes off, then get up and have a five minute window. So this boosts productivity actually, because we mm-hmm. condense our time into that, um, that time frame, So we get a lot more done and we avoid distractions. And then it reminds you to get up and get moving. And then it's great for the brain because the brain, you know, doesn't do as well if we're asking it to concentrate for more than 45 to 50 minutes at a time. So So when you break it up like this and give yourself those little reward breaks, if you will, and get things moving again, then go back in, you'll actually increase your productivity and you'll feel better. You'll have more energy. Mm -hmm. You'll not be as distracted by the like aches and pains in the upper back. And then by the end of the day, hopefully feeling more energized because you've literally energized your body throughout the day. It's not just like sitting slouched over. And then the end of the day, we can really feel worn out by that posture because it's actually harder to be in that posture than in good posture. Right. Yeah. One of the things when I, started doing this full time, I made it a point to fire my dog walkers. And, you know, so part of my job is to make sure I get out and walk for at least an hour every day. It's one of the things I do in the morning with my dogs. And one of them likes it a lot. And the other one is a little bit lazy. At least twice a week, I'll take them on five mile walks. And that usually takes me like an hour and 45 minutes. And it's not like I'm not trying to do anything fast, you know, it's just out there and, you know, my chance to listen to a book and walk the dogs up a big hill and, and get them tired and get me tired. And then, and then I come back and I'm able to work, you know, so I've made that, I've made that quite a priority. And so I probably walk 20 miles, at least 20 miles a week now on top of any, you know, running or elliptical or biking or anything else I do. It's just walking the dogs. It's turned out to be a, a pretty important thing. And, and I think as entrepreneurs, I think it's important that we look at, you know, the lifestyle that we have. I mean, we are inter- entrepreneurs. We have a choice to build the business any way we want. And, and, you know, as an entrepreneur, if I want to go out for a run at 3 p.m., I can, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as I don't have another meeting going. That's why we do it, right? I mean, I I know for me, I'm fundamentally unemployable. I've I've tried to work for other people and I just can't. And so I have to, you know, I've got to make my own way. That's just, that's just who I am. And part of that is finding a routine that works. And I think, I think that that's one of the biggest obstacles for those of us who choose to not work for a company 
to get into a routine of productivity. And so I think I think the, the technique that you talk about, the Pomodoro technique works really mm-hmm. well when you want to get something done. You know, 25 minutes or 55 minutes or 50 minutes, no more than that. I first heard about that from Brendan Burchard. And he said like every 50 minutes you, you get up and you, you know, he taught us a like a Qigong kind of thing where you pat your legs and get the blood flow and that sort of thing. So we've seen a lot of studies. I mean, as a doctor, I see a lot of studies on what sitting can do. You know, and sitting is like sedentary lifestyle can, like you said, it can decrease your your metabolic rate. It can make you, put you at risk for metabolic diseases like diabetes, can increase your cortisol levels, you know, and, and it feels like stress, like you said, to your body, but you may not even feel that it's stress. So that's, that's really important. So you talked about taking breaks. How do you reset the posture? So let's say like I'm coming back to my desk and I'm sitting like this. So what, how do you? get somebody to reset their posture? Great question. So ideally done standing up to move you into full upright extension so that we're not Mm -hmm. sitting down. So standing up, planting your feet down and then lifting the sternum. So I imagine that you have a string on your sternum or the center of your Mm -hmm. chest and that's pulling you up and then another string on the crown of your head and then getting that lift, right? Because your head, it gets heavier and heavier as it gravitates forward of your shoulders. So it's all about bringing you back into alignment, right? Uh, Right. So when we stand up and we roll our shoulders up, back and down and then lift through your sternum and then slide your chin back, then uh, what you can do is depending on the space that you have, is reach your arms out to the side. So reach your arms out and then relax your shoulders down a little bit. Yes, good. Rotate your arms so your palms face forward. So you give me two thumbs up. Yes, Mm -hmm. good. And then squeeze your shoulder blades together. And then bring your hands down a little closer to the ground. So point your hands down. So think of like the scene on the Titanic when they're on the end of the boat and she's like, ah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But her hands so you, are back like this. And then, yeah, your hands are back a little bit. And you yeah. lift your sternum and then you lift your chin up as long as it's pain-free. So make sure you're always in your pain-free range of motion. And then take a big deep breath. And then relax. Good. And then relax. Bring your hands to your legs and notice how it's a little bit easier for you even right now after that so quickly just yeah. to sit back up. Because when we get pulled forward by the weight of the head, we move into flexion. So what we're doing there is activating the muscles on the backside of your body and resetting the natural S curvature of the spine by pulling the shoulders back and lifting your chin. Because what we start to feel is the pain in the upper back and neck. And that's because your beautiful head is heavy. And when it's further forward, it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. So these muscles have to work extra hard. So what you're doing there is resetting back into alignment with your pelvis. So that's easier for your spine. So I love that. And, you know, I recently bought something called an Oculus Quest. Have you heard of it? No. It's virtual reality. It's like a video game for your face, right? I love it because it's, I can do it for these virtual workouts where you're like, you have a lightsaber and it's really fun, but it's heavy. It's like two kilograms. And so not only is my head heavy, but it's adding weight to my head. And so I find that like I'm doing more of this. And so I'm a little bit sore in my upper back. But if I'm careful with my posture, it's better. But they, they make these things called halos and stuff, but I've seen the halo. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like a, like a lightning pack. (laughs) Yeah. You put the halo on and that, that helps you hold it on your shoulders instead of on your neck. Mm, Good. So, but it's, it's fun. It's really fun for workouts. It's like you have bats and you're hitting different, you know, and it's having you do all these full range of motions that 
we don't always do. As we get older, we're not as flexible. So speaking of flexibility, what tips do you have for those of us who may have used to be able to take our leg and put it up to our ear and no longer can do that? So how do you help people that way? One thing to remember is to just be gentle and always start where you're at, right? And, and starting with a bit of a warm-up. Because if we start and we just start to try to stretch, then your muscles will resist you in an effort to protect you. <laughs> so it's really important that you are loosened up a little bit. So not right first thing in the morning to go into your deepest stretches. Do a little walk. Do a little like cardio, if you will. But just get up and get moving. And then try to do your stretches. Because then we get more blood flow. It's safer for your joints. Ideally, a lot of times what I suggest is in the morning, we do range of motion stuff so that we kind of get things moving your joints through your normal range mm -hmm. of motion, pain-free range of motion, and then do stretches later in the day because we don't actually achieve maximum flexibility until about 10 to 12 hours after we've been awake because mm. we're so stiff in the morning. So loosen yourself up in the morning, energize your muscles, dance, whatever you want to do, and then do your stretches later in the day. And they're typically more comfortable, more enjoyable, and more beneficial. Wow. So if you get up at like six o'clock in the morning, then you're saying that somebody should do all their stretching around 4 p.m. When you, if you're going into stretching, you know, if, if stretching yeah. is different than range of motion exercises. Mm -hmm. So stretching, yes, at least a couple hours, because again, when we first wake up, the discs between the vertebrae of the spine are a bit swollen. So we, mm -hmm. that's why we feel a little bit more stiff in the morning. So give it a little time, even just half an hour of being upright, whether you do journaling or meditation or reading or something in that time frame, and then start your movement just to give your body a chance to kind of reset. So just yeah. taking your time with it. And do you teach any special breathing? Do you do like alternate nostril breathing or, you know, all that? Sure. The first and primary function of yoga is the breath because it carries the life force energy, right? And so the yogis are all about breathing slowly and deeply. And we can go back to what we were speaking of earlier is, you know, when we take those short, shallow breaths, it can be stressful for the body. So mm -hmm. when we breathe slowly and deeply, it actually shifts us into a calm and relaxed state. So that's why it's the focus. So there's a teaching in yoga that says that the quality of our breath will impact the quality of our life. So when I tell people that, I ask them, so would you prefer that your life is short and shallow or deep and full? <laughs> you know, and it's kind of a no-brainer question. And so, of course, we want to breathe in that slow, deep, controlled way to oxygenate the body. So there's a variety of different breathing techniques or what's called pranayama. So prana is the life force energy and then yama is control. So there's all these different techniques. So, for example, the alternate nostril breathing, which you were speaking of which of course we want to make sure that our hands are very, very clean before we touch our mm -hmm. face. And so with the alternate nostril breathing, it's just that. You literally plug one nostril, breathe in, and then switch to the other side and breathe out, and then breathe in, and then switch. So you're just going back and forth, back and forth. It's very balancing for the hemispheres of the brain. It's, it's said to balance the two of the main energy currents that kind of wrap on either side of your spine. It's good for hormonal balance. It's very calming. And it's just a really nice way to slow yourself down and tune in. Because all of these tools, ultimately everything that we do in yoga is to bring the mind to a quiet place. So basically sometimes we're doing a million things at once just to allow the mind to get quiet. <laughs> so the breathing Calm techniques that mind. are powerful. Yeah, mind. There's, I mean, there's plenty of breathing techniques. I've, I'm studying Kriya Yoga right now, which is a special form of breathing that if you've read the book, Autobiography of a Yogi, he talks about a state called samadhi. In that state, it's like this state of bliss, but also they, the yogis supposedly 
Now, I don't know if it's true because I never witnessed it, but they were able to stop their life force completely when they go into whatever the tunnel is. Are you familiar with that? I've never personally experienced it, but yes. <laughs> you've, you've, you've read of it, yeah. So Yes, I read the book as well. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. I'm studying that mostly just from a spiritual kind of connection perspective, not so much that I want to be able to control my life force. It's very interesting when, when he talks about how they're able to actually stop and come back. That's kind of crazy. But there's this new book out. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called Breath. It's by James Nestor. It's called The New Science Science of a Lost Art. What's really interesting about it is that the big premise is to close your mouth. Mm -hmm. And so I experimented with taping my mouth shut at night. I didn't wake up any more rested. So I was like, you know, I might try it again. But it's very interesting because I noticed as my father got older, his mouth was open. Always like that, right? So his mouth breather. And I've noticed myself as I've aged that I'm starting to do some of those things. I'm like, I don't want to do that. But then I tried to run with with my mouth closed and I couldn't go for more than three minutes. Hmm. It's really interesting. I don't know that, you know, if you're going to do endurance sports and stuff, if you can actually breathe that way. But maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe with but, training. Uh, yeah, you got to practice it for sure. All right, so you have here that you want to, how to bring your body back into balance to stretch out tight spots. How do you do that? Neck and shoulders particularly. So as we mentioned before, going back into the strong alignment. So in yoga, we call that mountain pose. So we stack everything, stack the joints Mm -hmm. one on top of the other, like you would stack a pile of boxes. So it's bringing yourself initially back into that strong position. So if people aren't sure what that looks or feels like, you can scoot yourself right up to a wall and then have your heels a few inches out and and press your your hips back towards it roll your shoulders back and try to bring your head back and not force anything though okay so Mm -hmm. if if at first you're like whoa i can't get my head anywhere close to there just work on relaxing your shoulders back maybe you make contact with the with the head shoulders and the hips maybe maybe not right away and so it's it's a it's a practice right like we just said everything is a practice so starting by realigning and then once you're in that stronger alignment that is the ideal position position for your body so that we can begin to move the joints back into their healthy position and then stretch from that place because if you're stretching from this place and you're trying to stretch you know your neck and shoulders but you're all slouched out then it won't be as effective so first always resetting yourself and then going from there and again always in your pain free range of motion but there's lots of just even sort of wiggling and moving about and seeing what feels good to you but really ideally is first and foremost, getting to the root of the issue. Because if you're just stretching out your neck and shoulder tension, that's helpful, but you're not eliminating the cause of the problem. (laughs) So when we go back into the, you know, it's kind of surface. So when we go back into stronger alignment, activate the core muscles that hold you there, the ones on the backside specifically. And then from that place, you know, stretching out, reaching your arms out, turning your head a little bit, just kind of finding where you feel it and breathing. Because ultimately... Mm -hmm. As we've been talking about, the breath is such a powerful tool for that. Yeah, it really is. We teach something called the 478 breath, which I learned from Andrew Weil. You know, we teach this in, in our workshops and we teach it, you know, to the to the ladies who come into our, our flagship program, the Minnow System. And it's basically you just hold, you know, you, you breathe in for four through your nose, you hold it for seven and you breathe out for eight. You do it like four times and it just completely calms down the nervous system. It's pretty amazing how it works. So can you tell me a little bit about your program that you have for entrepreneurs? I have a few different programs. 
So I do have yoga at my desk, which is the online mm-hmm. program that people can take yoga breaks throughout their workday. And they're customized, as I mentioned, to include strengthening exercises to activate the muscles that tend to get a bit sleepy when they're sat upon mm-hmm. and then stretch yeah. out the muscles that are getting tight. So really well balanced. Each one's only 10 minutes, has a unique focus. So there's lots of different tools in there to boost your energy back up, boost your creativity. So meditation is really powerful for that. Breathing techniques are very powerful for centering the mind and coming back into that presence where we get those inspired ideas. So that is one that people could start with and integrate through their day. And then I have another one that is called Wake the Warrior Within. So as I was mentioning before, where we go into the stories behind the poses, a lot of people haven't realized that there's parable stories that are full of meaning behind each of the yoga poses that teach us all about the essence of them, all about the architecture, all about the energy of them. And the warrior poses, there's three, are really, really powerful. And the story behind them is a little wild and crazy. You know, it's based on Hindu mythology, so it's way out there. But it's really, it's a metaphor for our journey as we begin Mm -hmm. to navigate life and we make our way through these challenging moments. And so on our way to really controlling the mind and becoming aligned with our true self. And so that's what that whole practice does. And so every day we do a different quality of the warrior. So by the end, you've learned and activated these 21 essential qualities that good news you already have within you. You just got to bring them to life (laughs) and use them. And so using the architecture of the poses so we feel them on a physical level and then repeating the mantra of the day. So for example, I am resilient and feeling that resilience and then doing some journaling so that people can really experience that on the mental level so that we have that all the layers of the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual connected in a 30-minute session so we get a lot done and you're ready to start your day. (laughs) Awesome. That's really great. Yeah. So how long is that program? It's a 21-day sequence. and. You can do it on your own time. Ideally, you know, the ideal is to get to a point where you have a consistent practice. So eventually, hopefully a daily practice, but because it's a a work throughout your own time, then you go at your own pace and it's a 21 day sequence. And then you can continue on from there with some other different options that I have some memberships and that go deeper with the work. But it's a really, really amazing way to learn the essence of the yoga practice, these different foundational elements, but really activate these amazing qualities of strength and presence and all the things that we learn in the program. Yeah. So if somebody's a brand new beginner and and hasn't ever done yoga and has, you know, medical condition like fibromyalgia or chronic pain or whatever, how can you help them? I can help them. I have another program that's called the seven day yoga jumpstart. And so that one is little 10 minutes and it's really slowly easing you into it so that you learn the fundamentals and so that you have that experience and that confidence to practice safely. Because I think wonderful thing about yoga is that it's so adaptable and Mm -hmm. it's really about meeting you where you're at. You don't have to. And the way that I teach, because my background is in gerontology and also, you know, working with such a wide variety of students and clients, I teach people to be okay with the fact that it may not look like what their neighbor is doing. And it's more important that you honor yourself and listen to the wisdom of your body. And so offer that slower approach to it and layering things on rather than asking people to go right to the extreme end pose, really recognizing that there's steps to everything. And so we can kind of let it unfold when you set the stage mm-hmm. for it to do so safely. Yeah, I think it's really important that you, you want to start where you are and not overdo it, especially. Have you worked with people that have chronic pain? Have you seen them get off medication? And what's your experience there? 
it's a beautiful combination of factors, of course, right? So making sure that we have the nutritional components and, and the sleep and the other different tools that are essential to health. But yes, being really consistent with the practice. And so taking as many times throughout the week and just being that slow, gentle moving has been such an amazing way to see differences in people's body. And for example, one woman that I was working with was fairly kyphotic. So she had quite a rounded position in her upper back just because of her posture over the lifespan. And so we were able to move her back into a more open position and it affected her breathing. So she had COPD mm -hmm. as well. And so it affected her ability to breathe properly. So that in and of itself. And then another client who was not so much in chronic pain, but she had a lot of memory challenges. And so we used a lot of the different tools. So there's a mudra in yoga where you put your fingertips together and it helps to stimulate the corpus callosum. And so mm -hmm. it actually encourages memory and concentration. And so she had amazing gains in that sense. So the oh, cool thing great. with yoga is like, it can affect and help you in so many different aspects of your life. So it's really yeah. adaptable that way. That's cool. Um, have you been to India? No, I've been to Nepal. But I have Nepal. a big idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what was your experience in Nepal? Did you go to an ashram or did you go to a yoga teacher? Or? We stayed at an ashram and I did a training there. So I was there for three and a half weeks and we did a week of training. And then we did hiking and a kind of little side trips out from there into Kathmandu and surrounding areas. It was a very beautiful experience. I think the one thing that really struck me was the pureness of people. And when they would meet you on the street, there was no kind of like uh, dismissive sense. Like anytime you saw anybody, namaste, and they were so mm -hmm. friendly and kind and present. And I mean, there's such vibrancy and fluidity and life there. And so it's a really beautiful contrast to Western culture, for sure. And go up into the Himalayas and really get a sense for the beautiful stillness that's up there and the sacred depth of life up there. And yeah, so it was a very beautiful experience overall. No, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I haven't been there. I want to go to I want to go to India and Nepal and check out the Himalayas at some point. But we're in a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lot more serious than I think anybody ever thought it would be. Was there anything else you were hoping to share with the audience? Well, just making yourself a priority, right? So making yourself a part of your day. Because I think as women, as entrepreneurs, we, we have this mile-long to-do list. And for some reason, taking care of ourselves gets pushed to the bottom <laughs> unless we make it yeah. a priority. And really knowing that, you know, the way that we show up for ourselves will definitely impact how we show up through the rest of the day. And it's so important that we're, we're filling ourselves up, right? It's that oxygen mass principle or you can't pour from an empty cup. We all know all the analogies, but it's really just honoring the fact that if we take care of ourselves now and we feel stronger and healthier now, then it will affect the quality of our life over our lifespan. So that, and then just knowing that, you know, even if you just have a couple minutes, it's really helpful just because you don't have two hours to do it or an hour to do it. Don't dismiss it. Get in there and be like, all right, I got five minutes. What am I going to do? You know, and make the most of it and, and really just making time for yourself. Take, we all yeah. have those 24 hours in the day and it's just about what we do with them. Right. So, so where can people find you? Well, I am on Instagram and Facebook as Yoga at My Desk. And my website is yogaatmydesk.yoga. 
And I do have a little gift if you guys want to check out one of the 10-minute sessions to help get rid of tech neck. So Ooh, you may neat. have heard of that yet. Tech neck is the neck tension that we feel as a result of being on our technological devices all day. So as yeah. we've talked about, bringing all those tools together, resetting your posture, softening the tension, just a nice little way to give yourself some of your attention, some well-deserved attention. So that could be a way That's that great. we can connect as well. Great. Awesome. So we'll, we'll hook that up. You're going to send us that link. We'll put it in the show I notes. Sent it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So it's yoga at my desk.yoga. Yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Thank well, thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much. It was so lovely yeah. to chat with you. All right. Now, if you have questions about the topics covered in this or any other podcast, I invite you to open a conversation with me via email at info at menopausemovement.com or on Facebook Messenger through my Facebook page at Dr. Michelle Gordon. That's D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-G-O-R-D-O-N. I also want to invite you to join in our next beta group. Here at the Menopause Movement, we are always trying out new methods of teaching and the best ways to get on top of your menopause symptoms. We regularly run beta test groups where we create a learning experience valued at $2,000, but at no cost to you in exchange for feedback and testimonials. To get notified of our next beta group, simply sign up at beta.menopausemovement.com. And thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. I appreciate you.